All right, so, so we're going we're gonna to get into uh, a word that we, we did something different. I know we normally have a different message on Wednesday night uh, on our midweek service and Sunday night, but the Lord just told, told us to do it different. So we started this message on Wednesday night. This is part two. Uh, part three will, three will be this upcoming Wednesday at 7 o'clock. But we talked about Wednesday from the standpoint of wisdom from there. And, and a lot of times we're in situations where, you know, we, we come to the end of our understanding, the end of our wit, that, you know, and we, we feel a, that pressure of uncertainty or where, where do I go from here? And there's wisdom there. There's wisdom from there in all those situations. Me and Marcus was having a conversation about a, uh, his desire uh, in the future, what, what he really wants to do as far as uh, uh, he loves doing things in the kingdom and what he's doing now. And I said, so in the middle there, because what he's doing now, you know, some of the pressures of his job, uh, he handles them very well, but it could be overwhelming, you know, because, you know, you're serving in someone else's vision that sometimes they abuse you, they use you, take advantage of you. And so I told Mark, Mark, because I said, so you're looking at what you're doing and you recognize what you want to do in between is wisdom there. There's wisdom there. In all these situations, there's wisdom there. I gave the example on Wednesday me and Isaac actually at our, uh, we was lease option and to buy in our second location. And so, so when we, when we uh, signed the lease, we, looked, looked, we came into the building and we looked into the building and, and they had it, you know, it was all lit up and they had a big screen back here and they had trusses going around with all this lighting. When we walked in after we signed the lease, there was no lighting. Now when I say no lighting, none. Like, so, so where the stage was, and then that big screen was covering a duct system. And so, you know, we had to figure out uh, how to get some lighting. And I don't know if anybody really knew, but we really had the, the little clip, you know, the, the aluminum lights. They kind of like look like floodlights. I, I put this pole up and got on a ladder and clipped them up there to, to make it look like stage lighting. <laughs> but if I, if I stepped, like over here, you probably wouldn't see me on the camera, or if I stepped too close into the audience. Then we had to figure out how to cover the, uh, the duct work, and it was so, from the stage to the ceiling was so high, and there was no way to connect any type of wires, so the Lord just gave wisdom. So Isaac came in with me that day. He said, so, yeah, I don't know what the question was, but it was so like, so how'd you figure this out? I said, man, I just figured the Lord just showed me there's wisdom for everything. We may not know what to do, but there's wisdom there, right? There's wisdom from that point. There's wisdom waiting there uh, in that unseen, never used, untouched, unmanifested place. Uh, it's been waiting for its customized circumstance. It's seemingly impossible situation. It's waiting for you to pull on it. See, because from the foundation of the world, it's, uh, I, read, I read through uh, Wednesday the whole Proverbs 8. Now, I don't normally read a whole chapter. I read the whole chapter. You get a chance to just read through the whole chapter, and it talks about wisdom. And wisdom was saying, talking about its value. It was talking about how you need it, but it was also saying, I was there in the beginning. It says, before, before there was ever water, I was there. How the water is separated from the earth, like right now, there's, there's a lake down there. How come that lake is not just overflowed up here? We got a, a little small lake in the back there. How come that water is not in here? The wisdom was there to say, hey, that's, 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 that's far enough. Like, every, everything was strategically placed perfectly. You know, 
So this family was dedicated. So, yeah, we all were here. So I saw a picture. I'm, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. And uh, when I was growing up, the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, his name was Kenneth A. Gibson. And so I just saw a picture. The mayor of, 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 of Newark right now, is, his name is Baraka. His father, I guess, was an, act, not guess, was an activist years ago. And so, you know, I ended up meeting him. Uh, they dedicated the street to my uncle, and I, I, I spoke. And so I saw this picture. It was the mayor. It was the, the mayor, Kenneth A. Gibson, with the mayor now at Tegan's age in his arms, holding him in his arms. You can't make that up. He's in the arms of a mayor, and he's, a, he's, who knows, 40 years later. I don't know how old he is. I'm assuming 40. He's the mayor. I have a friend. Uh, his, uh, his name is Ralph Johnson. I just give him props. And uh, when he was young, he was seven years old, his parents sent him on a flight by itself. So you go on a, they did that back then. <laughs> you know, so, so, but, but if you go on a flight by yourself and you're a child, stewardess take care of you and, you know, the captains and stuff like that. So, so they say, hey, 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 you want to see the cockpit? So they took him up into the cockpit. He walked in there. It stimulated him so much. From that point on, he says, I want to be a pilot. So, so something triggered, moved on him. And so, you know, he, he, grew up, he grew up in the hood. So he'd be playing football, maybe looking up at the sky, playing. The fellas like, what you doing? Man, I'm going to fly one of them. Man, hike the ball, man, hike the ball. Man, you ain't going to fly no plane. And, and I watched him have to embrace every level of wisdom in his life. You know, he graduated, and you figure you graduate. Well, how do we think when we graduate? We got from high school, we think we, we done done something. But he graduated from college. Ha! I'm a, I, I got my, my degree as a pilot. Well, he couldn't fly nothing. He had no hours. So he had to go through hours. Then he went through some hours. He's like, yeah, I'm better to fly. No, you can't fly yet. You got to have IFR and VFR, instrument flight reading, visual flight reading. He had to keep going through all these different levels to fly. He flies around the world now. He basically, his job is to go on vacation because he takes CEOs around the world. When they get to where they at, he's chilling on the hotel and on the beach until they're ready to fly again. He just got to make sure the plane's ready to go, and he, he just, he basically get paid to be on vacation. Right, but I, I said all that to say, God, before the foundations of the world, God designed everything. And uh, Genesis 2.1 says, he said, and God was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them, right? So he was finished. And then remember one of the seven last words is what? It is finished. And so all the requisite wisdom we need is already embedded and weaved through, breathed through every aspect of this world we live in. And so when we get into a situation, all we have to do is find the wisdom from there. All we have to do is find the wisdom. from. No matter how it looks, there's wisdom from there, right? But the adversary is hoping we get overwhelmed, we panic, and we start speaking out the circumstance, stating the obvious, as opposed to tapping into the wisdom. Uh, we know in James chapter 3, verse 17, we talked about that last week, it says, wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, uh, easy to be treated without partiality and full of mercy. So wisdom covers every angle of life. You're in a situation and it looks like it's a misunderstanding. It's a lot of misunderstandings. There's wisdom from there. 
There's wisdom from there to clear the whole thing up. There's wisdom from there something that we have not considered, right? You know the person in the family that everybody says can't nobody talk to? You know that person. You know, you got the person, nah, 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 you know how they are. You know there's wisdom from there too? There's wisdom to, 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 ta- to give that person a perspective they never considered before and shift the situation. There's marriages right now, crazy frustrated. But you know what the thought, first thought is? Man, ain't nobody trying to deal with this. But there's wisdom from there. There's wisdom for every situation. So this is the thing. We can't lean to our own understanding. And we can't, we can't let their circumstances intimidate us. So we talked about this on Wednesday. If I'm talking to me, just lean into my own understanding. That's limited information, right? If I'm talking to the circumstances, right, right, that's negative information. If I'm talking to God, that's unlimited information. So that's why I have to tap into the wisdom of God. Let's look here at 1 Corinthians uh, 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's familiar scripture here at the church, but we're going to, and I think I just used this in another teaching, uh, either chisel image or content in God, but 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, in my speech... And my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Key word there is man's wisdom. It says, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand. Sit inside of belief is what we're going to call stand. Should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, right? And so you have God's wisdom with spirit-led thinking. And it's confirmed through demonstration. Man's wisdom is carnal thinking. That's confirmed through stimulation. So, you know, you sit around and people say all, the, all nice things or enticing words, good orators, uh, gift of gabs. That doesn't mean that, that you can apply that feel-good conversation to your life. Because it doesn't have the corresponding demonstration to flow with it. See, see, man's wisdom fails uh, to manifest corresponding power. God's wisdom manifests corresponding power. That's not Keith Bradley's opinion. The Bible says God works with his word with signs following. Right? That's what God said. That's not, that's, that's not what I'm saying. So this is the thing. Um, we, we, we always talk about to be, be spiritually minded, not be carnal minded. Of course, Romans 8, 5, and 6 says to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. See, so if I'm, if I'm spiritually minded, I'm sensitive to pick up the wisdom of God. If I'm carnal minded, I'm going to be clouded from the wisdom of God, and I'm going to be attracted or I'm going to thirst for or have an appetite for circumstances. Like, you, you, you ever see, like, circumstance show up and, and you ever uh, uh, been a person, I know I've been a person in the past, or, be, or around someone, they just keep talking about the circumstance. Man, you know, and then if this happens, and then they create their own stories that hasn't happened yet. You know, because, you know, if they don't, they don't give me my check, then I'm not going to get paid, then they're going to come and take my house, and then like, they got a whole story that still hasn't happened. So they're, they're, they're using faith for what hasn't happened. Uh, introduce some possibilities that haven't existed yet. 
right? So that's, that's when we're carnally minded. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. There has never been a, a, a benefit to worrying. Like if circumstances come up and you just worry about it. And, and then somebody tries to say, no, 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 try not to worry about it. We're going to try. What? You try not to worry about this. And then you start to ro- ro- roll off the justifications or the reason why they should relieve you and let you continue to magnify the negative. Well, that's the adversary's job. Present a picture and hope you look at the false evidence appearing real and magnify it bigger than what God says. Right? Because so, God is saying something. Not, listen. It's not what Keith says. What is God saying? The scripture says, whose report shall you believe? And, and uh, the prophet said, I, I'm going to believe the report of the Lord in Isaiah 53.1. You know, there's just extra. So wisdom is the key to not being overwhelmed. That's the key. See, uh, when uncertainty tries to challenge you, remember, there's wisdom for everything. And, 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 and I, I'm not, I know it's easy to say. Right, I just said that, you know, this is but it's reality. It's wisdom for everything, and you have to allow yourself the that that first initial uneasy moment or intimidating uncertainty. Allow that, but wait on wisdom. So, so I'll give you a little little secret that I learned as I've been growing as a, a minister. I used to work for a church in Ohio, and I remember, uh, you know, just new to. Being on a platform, you know, it's, you know, it's a pretty decent-sized church, you know, so sometimes you speak in front of thousands of people. I don't know what nobody needs. You know, so I, don't, I don't have a, I know what everybody needs right now. I don't know what no one needs right now. I know God does. And so I would prepare sermons. This, this, is, this is young Keith and, and ministry, prepare sermons. And I get up, and when I'm preparing a sermon, while I'm by myself, it, it sounds good. You know, it sounds like, oh, this is great. And then, you know, so then I come and I whip out my notes and I speak the first sentence. I was like, whoa, where's that feeling I had at the house? Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't, like nothing, it ain't even coming out my mouth. It don't even sound right to my ears. I was like, now, what's going to happen here? Because this is not going the way I saw it going at the house. But something I learned, Holy Spirit will show up and take a hold of this thing. So, what I would, so, so I wouldn't be telling nobody this, but I'd be, I'd be talking, and on the inside, I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to look stupid until you show up, so you can show up any time now. But the whole time, I was like, Holy Spirit's going to show up. Now, I'm going to be looking dumb here for a while or feeling dumb. Well, I probably didn't look dumb, but I felt uneasy, but he showed up every time. So then I, what was I used to now? Holy Spirit always shows up. Always shows up. So I have people in my life that try, depend on me for things. And this is the thing. So, so, so they were, back in the day, they would just call me. You call me 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 2 in the morning. I'm there. Hey, we stuck on the freeway. I'll be right there. But they're not sitting on the freeway going, we need to call somebody else. He may or may not come. <laughs> no, they're waiting for me to come because they know if I said I'm coming, I'm going to be there. If I said I'll do it, I'm going to be there. That's how the Holy Spirit is much more dependable than me. He's going to show up. And wisdom is just that dependable. When you're in a situation that seems, I, I, I need answers, I need a clue. How do we get out of this seemingly trapped situation? Wisdom is, is there. 
Wisdom is there, and you can depend on wisdom. See, and this is the key about wisdom. It always sees and does what's best. Can we honestly say we always see and do, do, and, and do what's best? If we're just honest. Okay, I'll use me. I use a couple other people who uh, acknowledged they did. I don't always see and do what's best, but wisdom does. See, 1 Corinthians 6.12, right? All things, let's read it. Let's read that real quick. We're not that far away. It's only four, four chapters over, a few pages, right? So 1 Corinthians 6.12. It says this, it says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient or best. It says, all things are lawful unto me, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. So some of us, leaning on man's wisdom, we stop at all things are lawful unto me. I pretty much do whatever I want. Well, that's just what I want to do. Well, that's what I feel like doing. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, according to the scripture, all things are lawful unto you. You have choice. You can do whatever. But now if we, if, we, if, we, if we cross over to the other side of the Scripture, it talked about God's wisdom. Everything's not best. See, see, so, so I, I did uh, a Bible study. I was talking to a guy uh, last night with Ohio State University football. And guys would come, they ask all types of questions. And this is what, what people will get you all the time. Is that right or is that wrong? And when I was young, I would reflex. You know, I would respond and reflex. Okay, uh, well, right, wrong, this, that. And, and, and the Lord said, stop, stop. This is your response. Is it best? Because you could do something that seems, it's lawful. Okay, drive out here to the light. You drive out here to the light and it's green. It's lawful to pass through, right? Somebody's speed. Is it best? So it's not based on what's right or what's wrong. What's best? Customized in the situation. Some things are just not best to do. Uh, so, so I was talking to this guy. He's, 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 uh, he's phenomenally successful in business. Young, young guy. Uh, I think he's probably like, my son's 42. He's probably 42. He's either 42 or 41. But phenomenally out of the water in business. And he was talking about how, I shared this earlier today, he was talking about how people operate in business and they, they okay, what did I say? ROA, so that's return on assets, right? So he's talking about return on assets. So he says, you can look at somebody's portfolio and say, look, man, they have a major return on their assets. He says, but the thing is, if, if, if a good business person will look deeper, and see that they're antiquated. They're still doing the old things the old way, and yes, it's gonna benefit them for a short period of time, but since the, the world is evolving, it would be more wise for them to take some of those assets and invest them forward. So that will keep them growing. He says, so we, we run into people that, that, that aren't in a couple of days making millions of dollars because they didn't advance forward. So they, they had an initial ROA that was solid. But going forward, their ROA diminished because they wasn't ready for what was coming. See, wisdom doesn't just look at where you're at. It looks at where you're going. That's why wisdom is important. It sees what we can't. So what, what, what may look foolish now turns out to be, man, that was that. 
Well, you smart. <laughs> Wisdom be making us look good. Like, you smart, man. I can't believe you did that. But being honest, you didn't do it. You just said, well, this is what God told me to do. Makes no sense, right? But I'm going to do it. And then you do it. When, when God told us to move to Charlotte, we've never been to Charlotte in our entire life. And I, I, I shared this with, a, uh, with a, a guy I talked to yesterday, but I shared this with the person. One of the guys talked to me. He's like, why are you moving? He said, you have such a, a relationship here, um, like you have all these people that you could start a church with. He says, why would you move? I said, well, God just told us Charlotte. Like, never been in Charlotte, but that's what God told us to do. Now, it looked foolish on the front end. And he, and he asked all the right questions. Uh, so, you got a, 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 a building out there. I was like, nope. You, you got money. I was like, nope. He says, you got people out there. Nope. <laughs> he says, okay, Keith, now really, I really want, and you can see the concern. Like, I really want you to think these things through. And this was an accomplished person that just says, you're not, you're not being logical or practical. But I wasn't. He's right. I was being obedient. So wisdom is different. And, and, and in a thousand years, it, it wasn't because I'm so faithful. It's everything in us was saying, listen, this girl, she lived in Columbus all her life. I at least moved from New Jersey to Columbus, Ohio. But she came out here first. <laughs> she came out here, she was, she was like, what, five weeks without me? <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> right? But, 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 but I remember when, I, when God uh, gave me the vision and we was writing it down and I gave it to her because we do everything together. And she was like, I, I will go to this church. But, that, you know, that, that at least gives me some momentum, you know. Because, you know, she's going to ask you. Y'all know Pastor Mel. She's going to ask you questions, right? Okay, what about this? What about that? What, I mean, in my whole life, when I was pursuing professional basketball, so how does, how does this fit with our future? And then we had a business. We had a supplier business. Okay, now how does this line up? And I really will be honest with you. I was really like, would you just stop asking me questions? And, and, but I was thinking that because I really didn't have answers. Because there were things we could do, that's, but it wasn't what God told us to do. But she asked me any question about ministry or moving forward, I can answer the questions. Is that correct? Matter of fact, I wasn't even nervous with those questions. All the other stuff, even pursuing professional basketball, the only thing I, I the only, 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 only reason she probably let me still play is because I wasn't a bad player. But if I was out there like, you know, really stinking up the course, she's like, so why are you pursuing this? Are you guys supposed to make shots or it's just about running up and down the court, you know? <laughs> like, but she didn't do that. She, she, she hung in there with me with all the injuries, you know. She, you know, busted lips and the, the broken patellas and, the, you know, I pay all that price and I don't even do that. <laughs> but, but wisdom um, helps us not to do these things. So, so in thinking about doing what's best, I always think about David. You know, you read a lot through David, so David really operated in a lot of wisdom. He did some very... Um, different things. You know, I mean, David, I, I, different is probably even not, not the best word. Some phenomenal things, but when he first made the decision, you were questioning. And so, so, so you know, so David's, uh, uh, the first time is, you know, David was, uh, uh, he was, he was anointed to be king. So let's say we all hanging out and I'm tending sheep. All my brothers are being trained to be king. But, you, you, you know, you, know you, you mean, we, we boys, right? We hang out all the time, 
right? And so I'm out there, you know, I take out a line in the bear. Be like, so, so, you know, you at, you know how you are. Be like, so how come your dad don't have you with your brothers, you know? How come he ain't send you to military school? Oh, so you scared to fight on a battle, right? But, but I'm out there tending sheep. And so you're constantly asking questions. And I told you, man, I took out a line, I took out a bear. Well, you look like you got skills, so how come your dad didn't put you out there? So then you find out, because I get anointed to be king. But you come to see me the next day, I'm back out doing the sheep. So you're, you're in your mind, you're like, so you just said you was anointed to be king, and you out here tending sheep. Oh, so you, you were in denial right now. Like, you, you just boo-boo the fool, right? Or now I'm serving the king. This, this is my partner, right? You know, I'm serving the king. And you're like, oh, okay, you, you, you on the battle lines. You're doing, oh, no, no, I play the harp. I play music because sometimes he get a little antsy and, you know, he need to relax. So you, you said you play the sax? No, 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 I play the harp. You know, I'm, just, I'm out there playing the harp, you know. I just, so harp. You're going to be king. All right. You ain't even been in the army or warrior. But David was operating on a whole other system. He was operating on a level of wisdom. Then, then this king is jealous and tried to kill him. And he had an opportunity to take the king out. His partners was like, oh, take him out. Yeah, now, now, what, what? And, and he said, no, 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 I can't touch God's anointed. They probably was like, God's anointed? He's trying to kill you. I think God would even be okay with this one. Because if you don't take him out, he'll eventually take you out. But no, David operating in a different wisdom. So now David becomes king. And, and okay, so he didn't get the first, at first he didn't get the, uh, all the children of Israel, you know, there's 12 tribes. He just got one. For seven years, he was king of Judah. He had 11 other tribes that he wasn't king of, right? He didn't want to take the other tribes because they wanted him to compromise. That was wisdom. All this time you're waiting to be king, and they just say, okay, well, if you just compromise this, take this bribe, we'll give you all the kingdoms. He's like, no, nah, I can't do that. I'll just, go, I'll just roll with Judah for seven years. Then the people starts to divide. Great King David had people that was close to him that actually betrayed him. Imagine that, Right? And so his captain of the guard, Joab, that was his boy. He just got jealous. And the rules were, if somebody like Joab came at you, you take Joab out. David didn't do it because David was going through different things at different times. He was grieving the loss of a son at one time. Then it was another time he was, he was dealing with his other son, Absalom, Right? And so, so David actually deferred wisdom. He deferred Joab's punishment to his son, Solomon. So it was, he used wisdom to say, I'm not going to handle this right right now. Now, everybody's watching. Everybody's going, why you didn't take, for lack of better words, in, in, in our vernacular, why you didn't take that fool out right now? You're going to let them play you? Everybody sees Joab is not about the right thing. We all see, so let's say if it's church, we all see Joab tripping. How come you ain't doing nothing? But David had to operate in wisdom, not react to what was going to be popular. 
what was going to be comfortable for everybody else. He had to do what was best. Jesus saw, uh, uh, what is it, Judas? Remember, that was at the table. He's like, the person that subs, that's the person that's going to betray me. You would think if it was one of us and you knew the person was going to betray you, you're going to get him <laughs> before he betrays you. But, but wisdom doesn't operate that way. Wisdom doesn't flow that way. And so you can read through that in 1 Kings 2 and 2 Samuel 3 um, for yourself. I, I won't get into all that. But this is what David told his son. He says, do, he says, do according to thy wisdom. This is what he was saying. Mark the proper opportunity to punish him. Mark the proper opportunity to punish him. But he said, let not a gray hair leave. He needs to be, he needs to get, he needs to be punished. But do it at the best time. Right? Do it at the best time. And, and, and Joab was powerful, so the punishment of a commander-in-chief required great wisdom. Why? To avoid the rebellion of the army that was devoted to him. If David would have did it at the wrong time, it would have just been more, of, more division. The Bible says this, let the tares grow with the wheat. It says when the harvest has come, remove the tares. What it's saying is that when the weeds grow up, they're so close to the... the, the the special grain that if, if, if you rip it apart, you're going to damage that which is good also, right? So what it's saying is when, when harvest time comes, the wheat falls away from the grain. And so now you can scoop up the bad seed without damaging the good seed. And so as you grow, as we grow and you see stuff, there's a proper timing for things because you could damage more then you realize. See, that's what wisdom does. And, and this is, we talked about this last week, but the true measure of, of, of intellect is not degrees achieved, but wisdom, wisdom applied. So the true measure of intellect is not degrees achieved, or if you do something that is approved by the majority. It's wisdom applied. It's always how you apply wisdom, Right? Because it's not our present matter that, our present moment that matters most. It's the projection of its impact in future endeavors. It's not our present moment that matters most. It's the projection of its future impact. So wisdom doesn't just consider this, this comfortable moment. It considers where, you, where we're going. As we talk about here at the church, it considers the whole picture, not just the signature. It considers the whole picture, not just the signature. See, that's why Solomon was so great. So Solomon asked for wisdom. Uh, 1 Kings 3. We're going to look at 1 Kings 3. Actually, 1 Kings 3 is saved. Uh, it saved my life. It's, it's how I started my process of growing in the kingdom of God. I read this passage, and it helped me to grow and mature in God. But the interesting thing is David had been watching his father for years operate wisdom. And so when he got the throne, he knew he was young, and God came to him and asked him, what, what do you want? What do you, what do you, what do you need? And in 1 Kings 3, look at this. We, we could take a page out of this book. Uh, I, I, I was going to read 9 through 14, but I'll just start at verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in his statues of David, his father, his father's father's footsteps. Only he sacrificed to burnt incense in the high places. 
And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. And Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, had to get him when he was unconscious by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. He says, and now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead or to replace David, my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. I'm limited in my understanding. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people. I relate to this in this house. That cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Verse 9, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord and Solomon that, that Solomon asked for this thing. God said unto him, because thou asked, has asked this thing, thou hast not asked for thyself long life, neither has thou asked riches for thyself, nor has asked the life of thine enemies, but thou hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. For I have done according to thy words, Lord, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, basically wisdom. So that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And you keep on reading, he gave him wealth just as a bonus. And he says, I'll give you long life if you keep my words and my, stand, and, and, and my statutes. That's the only thing he added a, a condition to. So look, he, look, look, he asked for, to navigate through life, to lead, to operate business, to operate ministry, I'm dealing with people. And I don't know whether to come in or go out. I don't know what everybody needs. I don't know how to guide everybody. Lord, give me wisdom. So he was asking for what was needed to help others, not himself. And that's what we have to do. We have to operate in wisdom. When, when you have time, read through 1 Kings 10, 1 through 12, and you read how, how this wisdom is, was appropriated. Uh, the Queen of Sheba comes up to, to see Solomon, and when she walked up, she heard about his wisdom, but when she sat with him, she said, oh, no, 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 no. I heard about your wisdom, but being around you, watching everyone around you is way beyond anything I thought. It moved her so much, she gave him all types of riches. But she recognized his wisdom even from the people serving him. Everybody... Basically, based on the whole body, she saw wisdom, right? And this, this wisdom, people will show up and go, I don't know what's going on here, but this is great vision. This is great wisdom. I would have never thought of, thought of this. See, this is the thing. Like, I, I know sometimes we deal with foolishness and we deal with confusion, but foolishness and confusion are answers in hiding. Foolishness and confusion are answers in hiding. Right, uh, Proverbs 20. Foolishness and confusion are answers in hiding. Think of how you live life and how uh, everything has been designed for us to, to uh, so, so, so these, these two young people are learning how to read. They're learning alphabet. They're learning numbers. 
And so it builds. You got alphabets, you got numbers, you got timetables, you got sentences, you got paragraphs. You know, eventually they'll learn how to read. But it ain't over. They're learning how to read so they learn how to process so they can actually utilize wisdom. When they get to a point where they're tired of learning, they're in a dangerous place. When they get to the point where they try to get around learning, they're in a dangerous place. Because what they're doing is they're cheating themselves to be able to access wisdom. Right? And so Proverbs 20 verse 5 says this. It says, uh, counsel or wisdom in the heart of a man is like deep water, uh, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And so, so, so wisdom is embedded in so many aspects and areas of our life, uh, but it takes understanding. It takes, it, it, it takes us to, to dig deep, to press in, to be sensitive, to draw it out. Remember when we said God declared the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46.10. So God... He saw where we were going, worked itself back, and established a blueprint for our lives going forward. So as we move forward, we're trying to tap into the wisdom that's already been embedded to help us to get where we're going. That's why the Bible says he's requiring that which has already been. He's requiring that which has already been, Ecclesiastes 3.15. So basically, we're arriving at God's projected wisdom packaged inside of the reality of it is finished. Right? When God said it is finished, he packaged all the wisdom we need in that reality. And every day, we're supposed to tap into that. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? Matthew 6.10, give us this day our daily bread. When we cheat saying, I don't need daily bread today, what we're saying is, I don't need the requisite wisdom to help me. And the breadcrumb for the next step of where I need to go. And what normally happens when we don't spend time getting our daily bread? It's a, it's, it's a tough week, ain't it? I mean, all of us can relate to that. It's a, it's a tough week. And then you go, and sometimes you're so distracted, you don't attach the tough week to I didn't get my daily bread or my daily wisdom. You just go, man, I can't believe that fool acting like that. I can't believe this, that. So you caught up and don't realize, wait a minute. The circumstances don't make a difference. I just need to have the wisdom for the circumstances. And I didn't stop by to get my wisdom breakfast. So it's inevitable that I'm going to be overwhelmed throughout this week because I don't have all my nourishment. I don't have the wisdom for every situation. So I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. And if I, if I, if I lose sight, the overwhelmness is go, uh-oh, my bad. I need some wisdom. How do you feel? Well, this is how I feel. So if I'm working out or I'm doing something, uh, there's times I tell my wife, oh, man, I forgot to take my vitamins. You know, or, oh, man, I, I, I ain't had nothing to eat. That's why. I, I feel fatigued. I, I can't get that next uh, setup. But I'm attaching it to something I didn't do. I'm not mad at the weights. I'm not mad at the, the running or nothing like that. I, I, I say, oh, my bad. I needed to do this. Suppose we did that. Instead of getting mad at people. Instead of getting frustrated at a circumstance, suppose we said, oh, that's right, I didn't get my wisdom today. Man, I don't know what I was thinking. Let me, go, let, me, let, me, let me go chew on some wisdom. Or like when you go get a breakfast bar because you're feeling a little lightheaded, right? Why don't you go get a breakfast wisdom when you're feeling a little lightheaded? You know what I'm saying? As opposed to 
trying to justify, well, you know, I didn't really make a mistake. Yes, you did because you didn't have the wisdom to see yourself through it. But that's not an indictment on who you are. Just go back and get the wisdom. Right? You understand? Like, like okay, so y'all know Saul was the first king, right? Saul made some mistakes. Y'all know that, right? Saul was instructed what to do and didn't do it, right? When Saul made the mistake and the prophet came and the prophet go, well, I don't want to say nothing about what you did because I don't want you to feel bad about what you did. Uh, how you doing? No. He pointed out the cause for the effect. So Saul would think about, I need wisdom the next time I'm in this situation. But if, if Saul, if, 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 and if we don't live like that. We don't want to know the cause for the effect because we think that's a put down. No, the cause for effect is just making you aware, hey, that wisdom that I was offered at that time, I probably should have embraced it more. So I know going forward, I'm going to embrace the wisdom. And it helps you to see if, 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 if Zipporah was talking to you, go, okay, Zipporah is pretty credible because I, I ain't believe nothing she said and it actually happened. So you know, next time she says something, I think I'm going to pay more attention to it. Not, I'm try- I don't want support to think she was right to prove that something's wrong. Nobody's thinking what's wrong with you. They're there to, because maybe you can't see the wisdom. So that, that person of understanding is trying to draw it out. Proverbs 25. They, they can't draw it out if it wasn't in there. You see what I'm saying? But you may be dealing with the pain, and it's hard for you to reach that deep to get it. So they're just going, hey, 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 no, there's some wisdom right there. You probably could use that. They're not dealing with the pain. But instead of you fighting or justifying, like, it's one thing to make, make a mistake. We all do that. But it's another thing to make the mistake. So you didn't get it when you got the initial wisdom, right? So, that, so, so now you have to deal with the pain, right? But now you got the pain and you don't want to deal with it. That's called delusional at that point. So it's one thing that I don't believe you. So... So Isaac gives me some information. I go, man, I'm not really feeling that. I don't believe it. I don't really think that's important. I don't even think it'll take all that. That's human. When I, when I trip and fall and Isaac goes, this is why I was trying to give you that information. Now, you know what, Isaac? I see what you were saying. No, I'm going to go, well, now, nah, see, see, why are you bringing that up? I'm bringing that up because I don't know if you've ever recognized the wisdom. And if you don't, you don't just need it for this situation. You're going to need it going forward. So as soon as you acknowledge the wisdom, I'm good. Because that was my job, to make sure you acknowledge the wisdom. You see what I'm saying? That, that, that's why Saul told, did I say it right? Sam, Sam, you told Saul. So he would get it. And he still didn't get it. And ended up losing the kingdom. God doesn't want us to lose our thrones, right? God doesn't want us to lose our, our thrones. All right, so I'm, I, I think that's enough for today, you know? I didn't want to be here long. I just wanted to, uh, us to, 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 uh, uh, to just pull back in, um, pull back in and, and, and recalibrate ourselves back to, to being sensitive to wisdom, right? To be, you know, to pick back up wisdom because we're in situations and some situations are coming in some of our lives. Some of us have been promoted. There's situations coming at that level that you've never seen before. Some of us are about to be promoted. There's situations coming at that level you've never seen before. Some of us are about to get a breakthrough that they didn't even experience. You know, I share this, I share this uh, 
There's a guy uh, I know, he's, he's, he's a good solid man of God. He has one of the largest dealerships in this particular city. I won't say the city. Uh, so he, what he did was he purchased them all. He got them all at a good deal. He just literally purchased them all, converted them all into a dealership slash museum slash what have you. Great deal. Before he made the purchase, how he operated with, with his employees, he was benevolent because, again, his ROA was at a whole other level. So he got them all. And when he got them all, see, on the front end, it looks like I got a good deal. But now you got to renovate them all. So the cost to renovate them all was more than probably would have cost to even purchase a building. So now he, 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 he was tempted to get tighter. Not, 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 he's not a, he's a great guy. He was tempted to get tired. So what happens is now he had to what? Tap into wisdom from there. You see what I'm saying? Like there is no insurmountable situations. There's just wisdom from there. And so I know, you, you know, you, 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 uh, how can I put it? Sometimes the, the pastors, you know, we're older than some and younger than others. I mean, we're only 58 years old. Well, I'm 58 years old. You're 59. So, but I'll be 59 this year. So, so sometimes it can be like, yeah, but that's, that's what y'all do. As if we skip 30. You know what should be the difference? Difference should be you guys should do more than we ever did at 30. Because you have the benefit of our wisdom and our mistakes. You know, my son used to say, well, you went through your stuff, go through mine. I was like, not a problem. Go through yours, not mine. So that means learn from mine and go through your own. But for you to go through the same thing I went through, that's like us getting on the cross. Like literally on the cross. I'm not talking about take up your cross and deny yourself. Take up. I'm talking about literally getting nailed. Jesus did that already. So we wouldn't have to. We're supposed to benefit from it, right? And so some of us have gone through things so you can benefit. So, so we got the abuse. We got beat down. We made the dumb mistakes. Most of the wisdom that we've gotten is through dumb mistakes. And so it's easy to go, oh, you definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> No, 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 you definitely don't want to do that. Well, you know, that was you. My situation is different. No, no, no. There, there are customized situations, but there are certain situations that's user-friendly to all of us. And you shouldn't have to touch it, smell it to realize it stink. Right? So that's what we want to do. Just, just, just challenge us to get back to humbling ourselves so we can embrace wisdom forward. Right, there's wisdom for it. Otherwise, you'll find yourself stuck in a rut, and the whole time wisdom is like, listen, man, come on, God, like, they ain't even using me. Send me someplace where somebody's going to use me. Like, they ain't even listening. They're ignoring me. I, I'm screaming. I'm, hey, hey. Like, they get up early in the morning, and they just leave. Like, I'm like, whoa, 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 I, I, I could have I saved you some trouble if you just, could I get a meeting? Wisdom saying, can I, get a, can I get a morning meeting? Because if, if I have a morning meeting with you, your whole day goes smooth. All right, that's all. That's all. Just stand on your feet. We'll, we'll uh, shorten things a little bit today. <laughs>